day. We praise you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we bless you and we exalt you and we lift you up today. Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. Lord, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way possible, so we can be made whole. And we thank and praise you, Holy Spirit. You are always welcome in this place, and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Well, God is a just God, amen. He's a good God, and his ways are perfect, amen. Sometimes when we go through situations, we wonder, when's my day going to come? When is it going to get better? But God is a just and faithful God. He's just. Amen. Amen. He's a just God. He loves us. Hallelujah. He's fair. Sometimes life doesn't seem fair, and sometimes it's not. That's my opinion. Amen. But the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Amen. But God is good, and he loves us. He loves his people, and he he won't leave you out of balance, if I can say that. See, when there's something missing in your life, you're out of balance. Or let me put it like this, when you've been taken advantage of, mistreated, or treated unjustly, it causes an unbalance in your life. Amen? Well, God wants to bring you back in line. Amen? He wants to bring you back in balance so that you can be whole in every way. And sometimes that means that, you know, you want to see your enemies become your footstool because the Bible says that that's where they are. But, you know, the, the heathen rages. Amen. And there's warfare to be fought. But sometimes you feel like the enemy is overtaking you or, you know, life's not fair, or you're getting, as my mother used to say, the short end of the stick. But God is saying to us in this hour that my ways are just and pure. God is a good God, and he, I, I don't think he keeps, um, you know, accounts, because I've learned that he keeps short accounts with people, especially our sinful accounts. But God doesn't miss anything. He doesn't, you know, the devil doesn't get anything over on him. He sees it coming before it hits because the devil's not smart. But I do know this one thing. God makes good on every promise. And, amen, praise God. And he will make your enemy your footstool. You know, sometimes it feels like the enemy's getting away with a lot. You know, if we're looking at the things on TV, you know, it looks like the heathen is raging, and he is, but that's what happens when his time is short. Amen? But I believe that God keeps up with everything. Amen? And he knows when to say enough is enough to the enemy that comes in and makes your life a little miserable amen i believe that he draws a line and when he does enough is enough and i believe personally that comes through us through our knowing our understanding you know because god's given us the next of our enemies already but we understand there's a warfare to be fought but he's given us power and authority and dominion to call time on the enemy i believe that So I think he does it through us in a sense, but I know he is still in control, and God's mighty hand is against our enemy, and he will will come down with a mighty blow at the enemy when it's time. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes our time is not in his timing. Amen? You know, because sometimes I believe God has to work this thing out of us where we're going to be happy when our enemies fall. You ever, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, get them, God, kill them, string them up, you know. And I think God has to work that out of us, amen, where we don't rejoice in in bad things, you know. But we rejoice in in, in, uh, supernatural things and heavenly things and good things, 
you know, but we pray for our enemies. You know, Job was healed when he prayed for his enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God uh, led him to, to that prayer where he was healed in his body. Amen. And so we have to trust God, trust what he's doing, know that he's a vindicator, and know that God will heal, vindicate, and promote us. He always balances his books. He balances ours. Amen. And we will see total justice in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe that with all of my heart. So the thing is not to fall prey to the enemy while sitting watching. Quit watching what the enemy is doing. <laughs> Be about your father's business. You know, we got God on the clock. Well, God, when you going to kill him? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. But we have to use this opportunity and use this time to get to know God and know what he's doing, know his likes, his dislikes, understand how he works and how he works in our lives. You know, and be there as an intercessor, you know, as a, I like that teaching Pastor Barb did. It just blessed me to nurturing. What was that teaching? See, nobody remembers. What is, what was the nurturing nature of intercession. Boy, that I tell you that I'm still, I'm still, you know, receiving from that. And so I believe while we're waiting, whether it's waiting on a promise from God or waiting on our enemies to fall, you know, allow God to um, use you through intercession and pray for your enemies. Pray for people who don't want you to succeed. Amen. Pray for them. Let's go to Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61. And this was, this was something that I was thinking about when I was meditating on this teaching. And, and what came to me is he'll give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for those who mourn. Amen. So I said, where is that? That's Isaiah 61. Amen. So let's go there because I just want to read that a little bit. Isaiah 61, verse 3. And it says, to comfort all who mourn. This is what God does. And it says, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit, spirit of heaviness. Amen. And it says, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So you can't forget that through all of these tough times, through trials, tribulations, through all the things that we go through, God wants to be glorified in all of this. So sometimes when you don't see your enemy fall or when you don't see situations change, you have to understand that there's a bigger picture that we need to look at. That God is doing something in the, in the heavenlies. He's doing stuff on earth. He's changing people's hearts. It's just a, it's so much that goes along with what happens in our everyday lives. Things I call behind the scenes that we can't see. But I know that God is with us. The Bible says he's with us as a mighty terrible one. Therefore, the Bible says our persecutors shall stumble. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Amen. And so God, what that means to me is God is on, on the job. He knows what needs to be fixed in my life. He knows that thing that bugs me the most. He's changing me and he's changing others connected to me because he wants to be glorified in all of this. Amen. So God will make you whole. Amen. And you will receive total justice for whatever it is that you're going through. His judgments are certain and absolute. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. And you'll know because doors that were closed for so many years will start to open. You know, God will just start doing his thing. Amen. Those that have been shut for many years will start to open. You'll get fresh revelation. You know, more knowledge and wisdom comes through the word. 
your eyes, you know, will see more. I mean, you can tell that change will come upon you. And it's such a refreshing thing because that means that God is working in your life. He has not. And if he can change us, he can change the enemy that that rage and, and dislike us and tries to cause trouble for us. But, you know, we have to fall into some type of obedience with God. We have to allow him to love us and as we love others. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And, of course, it doesn't take much to remember this, but this, this is the scripture that I was thinking about when that word vindication came to me. Hebrews 10, verse 30. Hallelujah. This is for we know him, for we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. See, the enemy thinks he wants to mess with God and mess with his people, but he really doesn't, does he? Amen. Vengeance is mine, I shall repay. When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears, hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. And that's Psalm 34:17. if you want to write that down. I believe brokenheartedness is the most common affliction to man. And I believe this is what, not just this, but I, I can tell you for a fact that brokenheartedness is one of the things that causes God to come to our rescue when the enemy beats up on us. Amen. Hallelujah. Many of our physical afflictions can be traced back to brokenheartedness. Amen. So this is why we must love one another as Christ loves us and don't get on the wrong side of God because he is a vindicator. At some point, the enemy will fall into a trap or a loophole or a snare or whatever you want to say. But we must bless and not curse others so that God can come to our rescue. Let God handle situations. You know, if things are not right or if, you're, you're, if there's a big mess going on in your, at your place of work, don't get involved. And if it's all about you, then don't fight in the natural. But, you know, you pray, you use spiritual weapons, you pray and you trust God that he is going to vindicate you or he will solve the problem. If more of us would go to God with things that are not right, we'd see more victory. Amen. Hallelujah. If you write down Psalm 34:17, and it says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Do you know God cares about us so much? He cares about how you feel. Although we don't live by feelings, we live by faith. And we're not supposed to allow our feelings to lead and guide us. But God cares about how we feel. He cares about situations that we face, and he cares about how others make us feel. God cares. Some of the stuff that we go through is, is, is minute. Some of it is coming from us. But God is still disciplining everybody concerned. And he's allowing us to learn as we go. Amen. Trusting him in all things. And so we have to understand and know that God loves us. And he will not leave you brokenhearted. He will, you know, we have an advocate with the Father. And that's Jesus. He's our, our lawyer. And we can lawyer up. That's coming to mind right now. In other words, repent for whatever part you took in the situation and allow God to vindicate us. Amen. Hallelujah. I just don't believe he will let the enemy get the goods on us. I just, that's, I just don't believe that. But sometimes we need to do like Job and pray. We need to forgive. And we need to show love. Amen. In other words, keep short accounts with God. Make sure that we're, you know, doing the right thing. 
and and that we're totally submitted unto him you know if somebody hurt your feelings don't be sitting up where i'm waiting on them to to um to uh say i'm sorry you may get to be 82 before that happens i don't know i pull that out the air but it ain't too far from where i'm sitting but you might <laughs> but you might you might get very old before while you're sitting there waiting on somebody you know when you totally forgive somebody i don't know why i'm going here but it's what I, i'm feeling right now it's like it never happened like it never happened and i can say that from experience and the devil will always try to come and make you remember this and remember that or have somebody who's not for you totally bring up things that are past so that you can get angry again but you know what it doesn't work when it never happened it doesn't work Hallelujah. it doesn't matter so we need to allow God, and don't tell me it, it, it well, you know how people say, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. If you don't forget it, you haven't forgiven. I've been there too. I've done all of that carnal stuff. But when God truly touched my heart, see, he will change your heart. And when your heart is changed and your mind is fixed, it never happens. It never happened. You don't uh, forgive and, and remember. That's just some carnal stuff that somebody made up because it's working. <laughs> but it don't work for the, the true at heart or whatever, whatever. When your heart's changed, it never happened. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus comes as an advocate on our behalf to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds psalm 147 3 did i give you that scripture hallelujah there's a time when god says enough is enough and we're ready for for that time to hit from day one but when through i don't care how bad a situation is we can always learn something from every bad situation and god wants us to go through this process learning and becoming a i'm going to say a bigger person you hear people say i'm going to be the bigger person when if they would they were the bigger person they wouldn't say that amen (laughs) i don't believe but you have to just call it what it is i am hurt i am overwhelmed i've been depleted but i know god is with me amen hallelujah and god will heal your hurts i don't know how i got there but god is is he wants to help us he wants to heal us amen he is our rock and our salvation in him we will trust amen hallelujah he knows the negative things you've gone through so trust him totally when you've been unfairly or unjustly treated god is a good scorekeeper amen not that he keeps score but he is a just scorekeeper hallelujah because he's a just god god brings things in line with his word he brings things in balance you know he never leaves your um how can i say you know how well i I've always had an office job. I've always liked that. That's what I like. And and I learned to be a bookkeeper. And those um, plus and minus, one side, you know, you're incoming and you're outgoing. At the end of the month, it has to balance. Your checkbook has to balance. You don't just write checks and hope they go through. You know, <laughs> not anymore. We all used to. <laughs> you know did that one call the bank did that go through no no it didn't because you didn't write it down but there's a checks and balance system that we should incorporate in our everyday lives and i believe god always balances both sides the negative and the positive and he balances these things out and i believe that this is how we receive our just reward or this is how we um no this is how we keep short accounts 
if there's anything on the negative side, repent. Amen. Amen. And let God do the rest. He'll, he'll balance our lives out. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, he does the same thing. He balances things out so we don't just have things unforgotten or things that we don't want to talk about. Well, I'm not ready to talk about that, but repent. You can still repent, amen? Take responsibility. You know, God has given all of us this mandate to govern our own lives. We govern our body, amen? And so we're supposed to... Make sure that there's nothing that we haven't talked to God about, you know, so that he can keep us balanced and, you know, do all the things so we can measure up, you know, so that we can uh, see productivity in our lives and success, even with the fears that we have. You know, God says do not fear. And sometimes when we're overly fearful, we need to confess that to God. You know, so that we can keep short accounts with him and so that he can take that fear and and give us peace, you know, and reassure us that he is with us all the time. And so there's just certain things that we need to do uh, concerning God and he because he always does the best for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So God knows all of the negative things that we've been through. So our total trust is should be put well god deserves our total trust amen hallelujah god sees what you're going through when life seems unfair and he will compensate amen he will turn things around and cause you to overcome obstacles if you trust him he'll do it i believe if you don't trust him he's just a fixer (laughs) he fixes things that's not right amen and God will give you double for your shame, a twofold recompense. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So stop worrying about who treated you bad. Amen. Because I can say all that, and then I still need to go back and tell you don't worry about that. You know, come out of it. Stop worrying because life is just going. I'm so thankful I learned how to trust God, even when I didn't like how things was going or when i knew i was being mistreated or made to feel inadequate but that that um confidence has to come from god because if it doesn't you know there's another way we can do this that still is is wreaks failure and that's get into this false confidence or get into this thing where you think you're better than somebody else you know or what i mean you've got to go through the blood amen hallelujah gotta go through the blood with every situation and god fixes things because he loves us so much amen he doesn't want you to feel inadequate he wants you to be confident and that comes from him it's that manufactured confidence only lasts for so long because it's, it's it's carnal because you're working something that's coming from you or from the carnal realm and it's not the confidence that comes from knowing god amen let's turn to deuteronomy 32 hallelujah deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 35 let me find it Okay, Deuteronomy 32, verse 35. And it says, Vengeance is mine, and recompense, recompense. And that means, that word means reward, if I'm not mistaken. Pastor Barb. (laughs) Is that reward? Amen. I wasn't sure, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. And it says, Their foot shall slip in due time just be sure yours don't slip you amen you remember that scripture about the window that we in proverbs that we learned years ago it says my foot almost slipped when i saw the prosperity of the wicked well see look at it like this we are looking out at the center 
and that picture that we receive from them seems to be so lovely they got it going on they got more money than us they drive better cars than us but we are not supposed to allow those things to bug us but if it does we have to keep that confidence that god will give us the same thing in due season amen and so amen and so we're not to allow our <laughs> looking at the world we're not to desire the things that they have or you will slip but this scripture here says they'll slip pretty soon because see they're all already they're already up there thinking that they have it all filled with arrogance showing off like big bay trees amen being brassy and being you know uh, want to show off they do that for a purpose to try to cause a christian slip to slip amen but i may have gone around the mulberry bush like i do sometimes but i just wanted to let you know that just like our foot can slip so so will theirs but it's a sure thing that their foot will slip it says their foot shall slip in due time for the day of their calamity is at hand and the things to come hasten upon them amen it says for the lord will judge his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone and there is no one remaining bond or free and so we have to get rid of of our our self uh, authority or our self power our fleshly power and submit totally to god and his authority and just be patient on waiting until god give it to you amen and quit looking at the world we try to dress like the world we try to talk like the world we we want that's going backwards amen but if if we need anything we must know that god will give it to us in due season and then you have to understand you you have not because you ask not some things we know we don't need and we're afraid to ask for it we just rather sit up and be angry and jealous at the world but i'm telling you they will not stay up on a hill forever their foot will slip in due season amen and so we have to trust in what god is saying to us we have to trust the lord will judge his people and he is a fair and righteous judge amen hallelujah what the enemy meant to do harm to do us harm god will use it for our good so don't give up on god see we mess up when we start looking out of that window we start looking to see how things are shaping up or how things are going or where god is in what you pray for you can't you can't do that you know because things are never how they look amen hallelujah we need spiritual eyes to see what's not there the prayers that we prayed you know i remember uh pastor barb said not long ago said uh uh, the the things that we pray for have not come into the natural because it's would you say because it's not there yet it's in glory i that blew my mind because i always said it was in the unseen realm that's what i always you say but it's in glory where god is amen praise god i love that i think that that's a better interpretation because when you know it's in glory and you know um, god god can send it at any time amen all you have to do is line your thinking up and line your sight up with, with what god is doing amen you can i'm telling you carnality will not you cannot judge i'll put it like this you can't go far looking in the natural at things you just can't you'll get the wrong answers you'll get the wrong assumption every time but when you ask god for something if you want something ask for it and if you ask for it believe god for it and it's in the unseen realm it's in glory where god is but it will surely come to pass amen you will see it amen if you don't lose heart hallelujah amen 
So your God favors us. He'll put favor on your life. And and I know another thing about God and our enemies. You'll hold the key to your enemy's blessing. Amen. So forgive and don't carry that baggage and let your advocate handle it. Oh, my lawyer's handling it. You know, if anybody uh, is in court, you have a court case, and someone asks you about it, you say, oh, I can't talk about that. My lawyer's handling it. Amen. Let your advocate handle it. Amen. Let him handle your enemies. Because <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He works all things together. See, when your advocate handles your situation when your enemy, there's not a whole lot of fussing and arguing and mess. Amen. God knows how to handle things righteously. Can I say that? Hallelujah. And God always says to us, well, he'll hand us down a new verdict when we're accused, falsely accused by our enemies. And it's not guilty, of course. And he will prosper us and prepare a table in the midst of our enemies. See, we don't give God a chance to do none of this. That's why we don't see it. Because we get up in people's face and, ah, 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 ah. you know it feels good. But see, that stuff only lasts for a few minutes. Because you sorry you said it right after you said it. And you wonder what got into you to make you say all that stuff. <laughs> well, it's called unforgiveness. Amen. Forgive. You know, how many times? 70 times 7. That's every chance you get. You have to forgive. It took years and years and years for me to forgive my husband. And when I finally did, I realized I could have did it real quick much sooner than I did. But see, we like to hang on. See, we like to hang on to what makes sense. Because it's like, I used to rehearse stuff. But did he do that? And did he do that? Uh-huh. And then before you know it, I want to pull out a sheet of paper and make a list and do a check. Yeah, he did all of that. But you know what? This is what the Lord showed me. He says, there is nothing unforgivable in marriage. There is nothing unforgivable. You can forgive all things. Yeah, that too. Amen. See, that, that didn't go over too well. But hey, if you want to be married, you're going to have to get hip to that one. All things are forgivable in marriage. All things. Amen. Because you are one. And there's nothing that you cannot forgive. Did you get that back there? Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm like, yes, he didn't even hear. She was. <laughs> all right. So God is in covenant with us. And he does not judge us. Thank God. Because we're all, we've already been judged. Can I say that? Hallelujah. We've been judged and found not guilty. We've been acquitted. Amen. Amen. We've been acquitted. God knows what we go through. Even the smallest heartbreak. Even the smallest concern. And when life seems somewhat unfair, God will compensate. He just will because he cares. And if we keep thinking we deserve this and we earn this and what did they, you won't get anywhere. This is what takes so long. God is waiting on you to get your heart right. Amen. Hallelujah. But God will compensate whatever is unfairly done to us. Uh, an example, Leah and Rachel were sisters. You know those sisters. Both married to Jacob. Let's go to Genesis 29. I just want to read a little bit in there about that. Genesis 29. <clears throat> and they were sisters. Now, one sister, I got the distinct impression she looked a little funny. <laughs> I'm just just saying. Because when I, I was reading it, it said something about her eyes or something. And something was wrong with one of them, you know. And she didn't feel adequate about herself. And then it says, but Rachel was very beautiful. Now, you may not think God cares, but he cares. And so you know what he did? I'll just shorten it up for you. He, he made her uh, fruitful, yeah, fertile. And he caused her to have babies, when, and he made uh, the beautiful one barren because she had other stuff going for her. He wasn't going to take it. See, God don't take everything from you. He, he leave you something. 
to work with. <laughs> Amen. But he shut up her womb for many, many years, and Rachel was having baby, 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 baby. I think she had four at one time. And then the sister, Rachel, when she just couldn't take it, then, you know what, I, I don't want to leave this out. And then Leah's handmaiden, she got him with her husband, have some babies, just give him a quiver full. And here's beautiful uh, Rachel. And this is another thing, he didn't love Leah, he loved Rachel. So this is why she was just having baby after baby. But when her heart turned, when her heart got ugly, God stopped it. And he made the beautiful sister uh, fruitful. Amen. Let's see, do we need to read that? All right. Verse 30 in Genesis 29. Let's see. And it says, and Laban gave his... Uh, is that where I want to go? No. Genesis 29. Okay, let's 30. It says, Then Jacob also went in to Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. Let me start at 16. I just want to read 16. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and of appearance. Amen. So, see, that was her whole problem. And so then, yeah, that's what I figured. So then, just saying. And so, but you know what? That, that says a lot for God because he cares even about that little flaw that she had. And he wasn't going to let the beautiful daughter, and the man Jacob was in love with Rachel, the pretty daughter. God was not going to let that fly. And that just goes to show you how God is. He cares about the, the worst feeling, or the slightest, I should say, the slightest feeling of inadequacy that we have. And he did something about it. He made her feel needed. And she had baby, 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 baby. And the other one is sitting there like, well, when is it my turn? Amen. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so let, let's see. Let's go to 32. It says, so Leah con- conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. See, he looked on her affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. But it never happened. It it didn't, you know, it didn't make her love him love her anymore. And then over, go to uh, chapter 30, and it says, Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to, to Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. See, he done turned to the ugly sister. Because <laughs> she had it going on more than Rachel. Amen. So let's see. Let's go down to verse 7. It says, And Rachel's maid, Belah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. So see, I guess when these women get tired, they have their handmaiden doing the work. But... In verse 11, it says, then Leah says, a troop comes. So she called his name Gad. And Leah's, Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. So they were just so busy, everybody having children except poor Rachel. But then, I think I remember, okay, 22, verse 22, if you go down there. It says, then God remembered Rachel. And God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God cares. He just had to do a work in all of their lives, especially Leah, because she felt so ineffective. And then I think after uh, a time... Leah's womb was shut up, and Rachel was having children, but God listened to her prayer, and he opened her womb again. Amen. She had a fifth child, and then another one. Because God wants to be fair to everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. 
He cares. He cares about what we think of ourselves. Now, if it goes too far, if you get too carnal, then God's out of the picture. But if, you, if this is something that you live with, you can't help, and it really, really bothers you, and it, you know, you're doing everything you can to overcome it, God will help you. Amen? Because some of it is vanity. You know, and so if this is not a situation of vanity, God is there to help you. Amen? So Leah and Rachel uh, lived happy lives because God stepped in. Amen? Hallelujah. He remembered Rachel. Didn't God say to look at the sparrow? If God will help a bird clothe a bird, make him pretty. You ever notice birds? I believe that's why God says look at the sparrow. Birds are beautiful. Amen. And we're beautiful in our own right in God's sight. But if God clothes the fields and he, you know, clothes the grass, take care of the sparrow. Could you imagine? Why not help those girls, you know, and and care? Why wouldn't he care about how Leah felt and how Rachel felt? He's just that kind of God. He He's the God that cares. Amen. And that's why that scripture says to look at the sparrow. Amen. Praise God. Let's see, where am I going from here? Let's go to Exodus 14. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes God will allow your enemy to get leverage. You ever felt like that? Just to make him think he's in control. Don't play God cheap. He knows what's going on, and he has everything under control. God even hardened Pharaoh's heart. Remember he hardened Pharaoh's heart against the Israelites? They were running from him, and God was helping them run, but yet still he hardened his heart against him. And that seems strange, but God doesn't do things according to what we think, but he does things according to his own will. Amen. And so this is the thing, because he's going to get the glory out of everything. So in Exodus 14, verse 8, it says, And the Lord hardened his heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. He hardened his heart against them. That's saying a lot. But they went out in boldness. Isn't that something? Hallelujah. Because they knew God was with them. Amen. Some kind of way they understood that God would not allow Pharaoh to take them under, although he pursued them. So they went out. Amen. Somebody got that. They went out in boldness. Hallelujah. Moses told the children of God, do not be afraid. Stand and see and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. So they went out in boldness. In other words, they knew when they went out, God was with them. Even though the enemy was pursuing them. They didn't know that God had hardened his heart against them. But all they knew is that this man was coming after them. And they were running from him. And God was opening doors. Or I should say opening the seas for them. Amen. And it worked. They knew God was with them, and this is why they went out in boldness. They went out in boldness because they had the favor of God on them. Amen. Hallelujah. The favor of God rested upon them. Even when they sinned and turned against God, the favor, his favor was still on them. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's not a good thing to do, but I just believe this was a test, this whole thing. An 11-day trip took 40 years. Because God wanted them to understand and be aware of their flesh. Amen. Flesh will hold you back. Amen. A lifetime of hold back. And this is why we need to go forward in God and trust God no matter what. He will fight for us. Vengeance is his. He will repay. This is his way. Amen. This is what he does. Saul was another situation. Saul was... A crucifier of Christians. Remember Saul? That um, Saul's name was changed to Paul. 
who's responsible for the, most of the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament. But he crucified Christians. He even had it set up with the government where when he caught some Christians um, serving God or talking about Christianity, he had a letter introduced that he could stop you, behead you, do whatever he thought. Amen. But God. Amen. Hallelujah. But before he, he was Saul, before he became Paul, he had a, a Damascus Road experience. We all know that. But then something happened. Uh, let's see, where is that? Let's go to Acts 9, book of Acts. He was struck blind. Amen. And then he was no longer on the person. He, he was no longer a persecutor. But he was a person that was in need. Amen. So, in other words, the tables flipped for him. Hallelujah. So he was a crucifier of Christians. And when Stephen, or yes, Stephen the martyr, remember him, was stoned, Saul loved it. He laughed. Now Saul was struck blind because God said, enough is enough. Amen. And now he has to reach out to God for healing and a search for Ananias. And God told him to go find this man named Ananias because he would pray for him. So that's just like uh, <laughs> Duncan in the um, Nam having a uh, going in, into the Jordan to take a bath in there to get healed. It was something he didn't want to do. But it was like this, what do you want more? You want to stay blind or you want to see? And so he had to humble himself and obey God. And this is part of the story, uh, Acts 9, verse 10. And it says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. So he is praying for a healing. Amen. I know that's right, too. I know that's right. I'll be praying for a healing, too. And in a vision, he had, he has seen a man named Ananias. So, in other words, the Spirit of God is telling him, "Look, I've already given him the vision. In a vision, he's already seen you, Amen. Coming to put his hands on him, so that he might receive his sight." Verse thirteen. Then Ananias answered, "Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem." He's talking about. Saul, he's saying, look, Lord, this man's been killing Christians. He's been beheading, whacking people. You know, he's been doing all these things. He even went to the governor on everybody so that he could stop prayer, so that the church wouldn't prevail, church wouldn't grow. And he's saying, are you sure you want me to go and lay hands on this man? Amen. See, God wants the glory from every situation. Amen. Hallelujah. In verse 14, it says, And there he has authority from the chief priest um, to bind all who call on your name. And uh, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel. You know, that sounds familiar of mine. To bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Why is it that people don't ever like who God chooses? Why did God choose this man that killed Christians and behead people? You know, I believe he does it to confound the wisdom of the wise. In fact, I know he does. But he did this and he did that. You know, all of this stuff. But it's not about what a person measured up in our sight. It's, it's the potential and the anointing and the power and the authority that God has placed in that individual. It don't have nothing to do with us. Or how we feel. I wish people would get that. And another thing, you can't stop God's anointed, no matter how many plots or schemes. Let me throw that in. It won't work. Amen. God is with you. He's with you. 
as a mighty terrible one and it will fall upon the, the their heads it always does hallelujah verse 16 it says for i will show him how many things he must suffer for my name hallelujah you see how what what you put other people through you're gonna you're gonna go through that too other people suffered at his hand for the sake of the lord now he's about to suffer for Jesus' name hallelujah verse 17 and ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him said brother saul the lord jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the holy spirit are y'all here can't do a work can't do a work without it amen and see really and truly paul or saul was getting ready to enter into his ministry amen because when he left these people he went and found the disciples or the disciples found him and that's where he got his teaching but god prepared him because not only did he heal him but he filled him, sealed him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know where people think they're going without it. Can't, you can't lead nobody without it. Amen. You just can't. Amen. Well, they did some good. No, they didn't because that stuff ain't real. I used to think that too. You know what I'm saying. 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he rose and was baptized so when he had received food he was strengthened when saul then saul spent some days with the disciples at damascus and then immediately immediately he preached the christ in the synagogues that he is the son of god then all all who heard were amazed and said is that not he who destroyed those who called were called on this name and his name in jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests but saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the jews who dwelt in damascus proving that this jesus is the christ and now after many days were passed the jews plotted to kill him now he's on the chopping block but their plot became known to saul and they watched the gates days and nights to kill him and then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a basket in a large basket and when saul had come to jerusalem he tried to to join the disciples but there were but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple but barabbas took him and brought him to the the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at damascus in the name of jesus so he was with them at jerusalem coming in and going out and he spoke boldly in the name of the lord jesus and disputed against the hellenist but they attempted to kill him and when the brethren found out they brought him down to um, caesarea and sent him out to tarsus amen hallelujah and so god can change any enemy Saul was a terrible enemy. You you got to be a terrible enemy to just want to behead people just because of the namesake Jesus. But God, all it took was one miracle from God and set him free. Amen. Hallelujah. And did you know that this uh, Saul, I think what God, the reason he had been called and anointed, he that's when the church increased. It's when Paul started preaching church didn't increase until paul started preaching amen the church was increased and it says that the church was bold and unafraid so he spoke life hallelujah 
he spoke life into the churches amen and in the churches increased in numbers and did signs and wonders amen hallelujah praise god so it done it god doesn't care what we think it's about what he's already chosen to do amen because we would have never passed saul to say he's going to be a main player in this thing called the gospel we would have never chosen him but god did amen and he was the enemy so you see how god wants to get the glory out of what happens to us and our enemy and that's why it's important to let god handle it amen you get yourself cleaned up get your heart right and let god handle it amen hallelujah god highly favors us and he is our vindicator he vindicates us no matter what no matter what life causes us no matter what causes us harm god will turn it around for our good he always does and he always will amen so when you can't figure things out and you don't want to trust god repent and say god i'm leaving it up to you and i'm and think about the sparrow you know if he wants to take care of the sparrow's business he won't he won't take care of yours too amen i have one more scripture that's isaiah 35 if you don't mind going back Isaiah 35. Hallelujah. Isaiah 35 and verse 3. It says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. So hang in there. Amen. <laughs> don't quit. Don't fear. You know, God will make your enemies move away from you. He just will. He'll just transport them somewhere else if they're causing too much trouble. But be strong. He doesn't want you fearing or running away from anybody. God, behold your God come with vengeance and with recompense. In other words, he comes with a reward when you hang in there and don't quit. When you let go of anger and when you let go of hurt, you ain't the first person that was hurt. You ain't going to be the last. I used to get angry when people say it. I said, don't they know what I'm going through? But God knew and he fixed it amen hallelujah it's nothing too hard for him with reward he will come and save you and then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped and then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each lay, uh, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Verse 8 says, um, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. Amen. The highway of holiness, yeah. And the unclean shall not pass over it. And in other words, at some point, God will put a separation between you and your enemy. And they will not pass over. You'll get through, but the gate will come down on them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just the way it is. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for others whoever walks the road although let's see although a fool shall not go astray no lion shall be there nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it and it shall not be found there but the redeemed shall walk there and the ransomed of the lord shall return 
and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. Hallelujah. No more sorrow. God will give you even a twofold recompense. Whatever you have been through, double for your shame, if shame was connected to it. Amen. Let God handle things because this is what he does. He is good at it. Amen. And he only God does it the right way. Amen. Why don't we stop? <laughs> Jesus,